difficult, 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 women. Hello. Hi. And welcome to Difficult Women. I'm Katie Frame. And I'm Marie Cecile Anderson. That we started French and ended like Let's see Transylvanian. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, my friend Matthew, loves to make fun of my dialects. As yeah. an actor yeah. who studied classical acting mm-hmm. um, and dialects mm-hmm. in college, I am the absolute worst. Yeah, you kind of are. Do your <laughs> Scottish. Hire <laughs> me. T- <laughs> no, no, I can't. Ugh, terrible. Funny. Anyway, uh, hire me. <laughs> yeah. Put me in your play. <laughs> Just make sure you play an American girl. It's That's fine. true. Just maybe like a Southern. There you go. I there nailed is. it. Just, yeah, typecast. <laughs> it's fine. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you know how I am. This is how I really am. I am really, I am legitimately really good, but I am also, uh, in a place where I watched a video yesterday about starlings, which are these birds. Oh, right. Formations. They fly in formation. I think they're mostly in Europe. And I just was, it was just a video of watching their formations. And I just like started sobbing. And I was like, this is so beautiful. (laughs) Now this, I kept saying to myself, I was saying it out loud to myself. I was like, that's God. That's God right there. That's what God is. I love that. (laughs) Were you on the train? (laughs) uh, Yeah, just like out out in the middle of the street. (laughs) No. Well, it's beautiful. Find a video. They're beautiful. Just Google Starlings formation. Starling formations. Mm -hmm. Actually, they were also being attacked by a hawk, so they were really going for it. <laughs> but it was, and that's the devil. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. The, that's all God. All of it's God. All of all of it's I was God. Into it. Anyway, huh. how are you? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm a little bit stressed out, um, and it's all good for good reasons. Yeah, I think because of our podcast. I don't know. I don't know if I can trace it back to the podcast, but you know, we did an episode about how men will um, apply for a job even though they don't have the right credentials and women won't. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like I knew I could do the job, but not sure if I really could do the job. You know, I mean, it was just like, I have the confidence, but then, yeah. Um, But you know what? I said, fuck it. I'm listening to myself (laughs) from a podcast and I felt empowered and I said that I, yes, I can absolutely do this job. And you know what? I got the job and I've been doing it and and I just got an email this morning from my new boss saying, you are doing such an amazing job. Amazing. I love this last edit you just did because I had to, there was some peaking or whatever and then I had to like watch a video on how to fix it and I did it at 1 a.m. last night. And so it's just, you know, women, if you're listening and you're afraid to apply for a job because you don't think that you can you have the right credentials or you know you have eight out of the ten things that are looking for just fucking do it just apply and and we can all figure it out together (laughs) that's a great success story yeah i did and it i mean sure partly from the pod for sure is partly i think Mm -hmm. we're thinking about these things more if you have a success story that you want to send us yeah please podcast at gmail.com yeah please let us know if something has uh, inspired you i have more pod news but did you realize that we have hit over ten thousand downloads now holy shit you thank guys. you guys for listening wow we're like we're blowing past ten thousand too i was like oh we're gonna make an announcement and then all of a sudden it's like we're oh past we're past ten thousand we're like blowing through it that's so exciting yeah you so know thanks you guys for listening well it's thank really you nice. for doing this yeah. <laughs> coming to my house every week oh, yeah. and- well me yeah yeah you <laughs> yeah, i don't know you, which you you were speaking to because uh, yeah anyway yeah, so thank that's you exciting. that's really exciting and we got two emails this week some emails we're excited we love emails um let me read one uh that we got just recently um and then you can read the next one right. uh this one is from kurt mcculler 
the title says, uh, can I get a whore from here? And then the email says, is this an email I can get whores from? Oh, it's nice. So email. thank you, Kurt. <laughs> we didn't respond because fuck you. Uh, but but uh, keep those emails coming. Yeah. Do you know that we got another one of those uh, on, on Facebook? Oh, yeah. And I have. We were getting like responding. lots of them. Oh, you have been well, responding? Well, just the one guy, he wrote like, can I get whores from here? And I wrote, nope. And he was like, oh, my friend, he wrote back and he was like, mom, my friend said I could get whores from here. Why can't I get whores from here? And I just wrote, uh, go fuck yourself. (laughs) But I did it like super millennial. It was like G uh, G F Y S. Right. Is that it? I I have no idea. (laughs) Wow. Um, That's sweet. And then we got another one. So this one is way better. Um, (laughs) This one actually was from uh, our friend Courtney, who we met on the road. She uh, is the I don't know if you are allowed to call. Yeah. Merch girl. She calls herself a merch girl. I'm allowed to say merch girl. (laughs) But she's a merch girl for all these cool bands. She's been just like living a cool life, traveling around the world with bands. And that's awesome. Yeah. And like making a living doing merch stuff. It's freaking cool i don't know why i felt i needed to censor myself then i was like don't say fuck i was like why <laughs> it's my podcast I can say what I want. anyway so she says um hey ladies it's courtney merch girl kehoe's friend we all hung out at a bar in minneapolis a few years ago when you were touring with dude twang uh let me start by saying that i love your podcast and whenever i drive to the fillmore to sell merch in the heinous bay area traffic <laughs> i listen to your latest and my commute just flies by i love that um she goes on to say that she listened to our reformed horrors podcast and Perked up when we were talking about Sarah Winchester because um, she's a San Jose native and she's been to the Winchester Mystery House several times. So we should all go. It's very exciting. But she also gave us some really good advice because we mm-hmm. were talking, you know, we, our favorite topic on the podcast is the satisfier. <laughs> The sex right. We both have one now. We've both been using it and trading trade secrets. Right. She (laughs) had great advice for us. So we're gonna go home and try this. She says regarding the other topic of this podcast, (laughs) the satisfier. She's a big fan. I'm a big fan. She says you definitely need lube though, Mm. not a ton, but it's what makes the suction work. I don't have the experience of it being too loud though. I wonder if it depends on which version you have. Mine is the Pro 2, the next generation. Makes me think of Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have the two. I think we do also. also. I think we've just been using, we've been using it real dry. Yeah, that's why it's like, because I love a real good dry oral, (laughs) oral oral I did put my finger up there recently and it just, I know. (laughs) <laughs> but but it's I'm, oh, I'm kind of gaggy oh sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> but i mean the amount of suction on my finger yeah no there is like so maybe yeah with gotta, the lube it'll yeah. it'll really yeah, you gotta clean it a lot yeah. that's the sound it's gonna be making now like that maybe i think that leads right perfectly into, into our affiliate sponsor right now yeah. take it away <laughs> Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Ooh. Plus, free shipping. That's Horio, W-H-O-R-E-O, Horio at adamandeve.com. Well, what a wonderful thing that was. <laughs> and what perfect timing with Christmas coming up yeah. and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, all that. Order your stuff at adamandeve.com yeah, and for your family. too, right? And Thanksgiving. And tomorrow's for, Thanksgiving. Going for grandma. Yeah. Oh, Black Friday's coming up. Oh, God. Stay in. Don't do it. No. 
Nope. Don't buy stuff. Nope. Except unless you buy it on adamandeve.com. Yeah. <laughs> or reformtours.com. Oh, that's true. Those are the <laughs> only places tours. you're allowed to buy uh, gifts anymore. That's right. Wait a minute. It's that time of year again that we're selling our limited edition Christmas sweaters. Oh, yeah. Take a look. It's really, they're real cute. They're so cute. They're reformed ho ho hoes. And then, all over. yeah, there's dicks. <laughs> Do you know that my aunt was going to buy one for my uncle? And then she went to the website and she had it in the cart. And then I guess for some reason it magnified find it all of a sudden she was like whoa those aren't holly bushes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i reminded amazing. the gym the other day oh that's nice that's i think people only that. notice the dicks unless they really have good eyes they're like emoji <laughs> dicks they're like exactly the kind of dick and emoji we yeah can make and they're all colors so i love that yeah all inclusive so of course yeah. only only inclusive with us. only uh, Speaking all right. of inclusivity and not in disclusive is disclusivity <laughs> in disclusive is that a word? I'm losing my mind. Disclusive, disclusive. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we today we're going to talk about healthcare and women or lack thereof. Oh <laughs> man! And also just like specifically, specifically why this came up was uh, there was some articles floating around um, speaking about the gender data gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The gender data it's a very clinical sounding thing for a thing that's very clinical actually <laughs> <laughs> when the idea here is that um that when studies are done for a variety of things mm-hmm. let's for the moment let's stick with healthcare mm-hmm. they're always done with the average person i'm using my quotation marks right now you, <laughs> you can't, can't see, see it that, but, but yeah the average person <laughs> Is considered a white male in his thirties. Mm-hmm. That's an that's an average human body according to science. Right. So they're doing all these drug tests on only on <laughs> white male men in their thirties. Cool. And they and the Great. and the idea is that that should cover the spectrum, right? So that everybody's body is going to be like a, a white male in their thirties, right? Body. Well, guess what, folks? <laughs> not everybody's body functions the same way. Not everybody, not everybody's body is a thirty-year-old male. No, you know, I mean, our cells are made of sexes. They they have determined that that we're all our chromosomes, everything. I'm not a scientist. I should also just say I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I've got to preface all this sort of stuff. But this this topic blew my mind because I honestly did not know any of this. And yes, I have been seeing these articles circulating in the last like month or so and understanding that us women are actually at risk because these studies do not have not been tested on women. Right. So, for example, just to clarify how serious this problem is, <laughs> uh, for example, there are things like heart attack symptoms right okay where uh, the traditional if you've grown up in the world at all and they've talked about you know here's warning signs of a heart attack uh the, the one that i've always heard growing up was that you have pain in your left arm right you have pain in your left arm mm-hmm. and that's like the big one that mm-hmm. you should be looking out for mm-hmm. that is a sign a warning sign of heart attacks in men as it turns out huge numbers of women are going into hospitals saying, I think I'm having a heart attack and being diagnosed with something else because in women, the symptoms are stomach pain. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Nausea, breathlessness, not, not quote unquote traditional signs of heart attack. Here's the problem. They are traditional signs of heart attack in women Mm. and it's still not considered a, a traditional sign of heart attack. So people are getting misdiagnosed. So that's why this just, that's a good example of why this is like, such a big deal and guess what the leading cause of death in women is probably a heart failure heart disease yeah yeah 
heart probably, failure, heart Partly attacks. because people are dying too because they're not getting diagnosed properly. Right. You know. So we got, we got we, y'all, we got a problem here. Let me just, since we're trying to be uh, spreading equality, mm-hmm. uh, do you know the leading cause of death in men is? What? Cancer. Oh. And so a lot of people say that they associate cancer with women and then heart attack with men. Oh, so there actually is, there's a problem across the board too. Hmm. Um, I wonder how that happens though, according to this, because if they're studying men... Right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what's interesting about this is that um, these this, this clinical trial thing obviously affects like it affects things like medicine and mm-hmm. pain management. Mm-hmm. And so beyond just like being misdiagnosed with things, um, people are also there's medicines that are not working for women nearly as well because female bodies are different than male bodies. Right. So they'll prescribe you with some medication being like, well, this should work. And then it doesn't. And then people well, are ambient. complaining. Yeah, oh, oh, so that's another thing. Also, dosaging. <laughs> right. Dosaging so women should be only having half a dosage, a dose of Ambien. Mm-hmm. And then men should have, again, I'm not a doctor. I've just been reading some articles. But a lot of women were taking the full recommended dose of Ambien and actually having car accidents because they were still on Ambien. And then they realized that women actually should be taking half of the pill when men should be taking the whole Pill. Right. I don't fuck with Ambien. I took it once and I woke up in LA. Yeah. 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 I, mean, <laughs> I had, I scary. didn't know how I got there. I don't recommend it. <laughs> scary stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing about these medications is that uh, because women's bodies are so different and we have so many different hormonal things, uh, there was one case of a, a heart medication that was supposed to pre- like help prevent heart attacks. Mm-hmm. But during a certain point in the woman's menstrual cycle, it actually increased the rates of heart attacks right. in women. And it just people don't, they don't fucking care. They're not. And, and then the thing is, so, okay. So now we've made a million examples. <laughs> Katie's getting excited. Okay, I was oh my God. furious reading these things. <laughs> furious. The thing about it is, so we, we've, we've talked now ad nauseum on like all these different examples of how this is popping up, right? I'm sure we'll have more that come up. But the thing is, it's like, well, why is this happening? Why? First of all, there's like all these different levels to this. One is that like, for for eons, mm-hmm. there's been this concept that the male body is normal and a mm. female body is sort of like a disfigured version of the male body. Mm-hmm. So that that's already been like this basis of whatever. And the scientists have been men historically since like Socrates' time and all that. So they're the ones kind of dictating the narrative on this. There was even evidence of some of the first skeletal drawings done mm-hmm. Then they would draw a skel- a male skeleton, and it would look like a male skeleton looks like. And then they would draw a female skeleton, and they would make her hips bigger than they actually mm. were, and they'd make her skull smaller. Because they were like, well, wait a minute. A woman's body is primarily for reproduction, which is already right. a, f- a fucked up. No- and I, and I want to actually pause on that for one second. Mm-hmm. Just like take in what that message is. That a woman's body is the body the only real purpose for it is reproduction. So mm-hmm. everything that we've ever studied around women tends to be like focused around the reproductive parts because as, as far as a man's concerned, the that big is difference, the purpose. And also the, the big difference mm-hmm. between a woman and a man is that she can have babies mm-hmm. and he can't. Mm-hmm. So then, as again, that's all formulating this around the idea that a man's body is normal and the woman's body is the one that's like different and off and whatever. So anyway, back to the skeleton. <laughs> they like would make these skeletons. They draw them to sort of prove their point that women were dumber 
and that they were only for they were solely to have for babies. Mm-hmm. But guess what, guys? That's actually not how the skeleton looks in a woman. And they were just, but there, here it is another example of changing the narrative so that you can control the people mm. in the world, whatever. So anyway, that's a thing. Oh, okay. So then in terms of like studies, when they started actually doing studies on humans and stuff, uh, there was in the, what was it? The 1950s. 1950s. Yeah. Pregnant women were prescribed, I'm going to say this wrong, but thalidomide. Thal- Thalidomide? Are you a doctor? <laughs> doctor, doctor of dick. Just take this 20, 20 times a day. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was supposed to help with uh, pregnant women and their morning sickness. But then this drug uh, started causing birth defects in the women and, and their babies and stuff. And so the FDA quickly pulled this drug. But then doctors and scientists were then absolutely terrified to be doing any sort of testings on women. Because of this, you know, fear of causing any kind of um, permanent damage to their reproductive uh, system. Yeah, and ruining like and having birth defects and stuff like that. Right. Now so then they, so then they only right. started um, doing tests on either sterile women or women after menopause. <laughs> Which and is the, like and the truth is they really didn't even do that. Right. Because okay. up until like 2014, did the FDA even recognize that like this is a problem? Right. You got to be doing studies on both men, men and women <laughs> and also people of varying ages, of varying right. uh, races. On their period, off their period, Absolutely. you know, two weeks before their period, you know, yeah. all that sort of but stuff. But also different. We don't know if like maybe like someone was saying too that like a study on a middle, um, you know, a 30 year old white man, the effects of any drug could be very, very, very different on a elderly black woman right for all of those reasons Mm -hmm. all of them and Mm -hmm. we haven't done any of that work Mm -hmm. so it wasn't until 2014 that they even said oh we got a problem here and it wasn't until well maybe 2014 2016 they started saying okay we're gonna have to start enforcing that we do when you publish a study you have to actually say who who have you been testing these drugs on and what's their gender and stuff and also and then you also have to start testing them on women too Mm -hmm. you can't because we have to get we have to catch up and get some of this information on like what works right. for whoever. But in, back to that thing about the um, not testing a woman because you don't want to affect their Reprodu- baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reproductive systems. Look, I mean, that's a logical concept, right? Yeah, that's, it's, it's nice. Not, it's, it's not nice. illogical right. to say that like, oh, we don't want to like risk, you know, our future generations because we're screwing up with like, and the and the the logic behind it was that women are born with all of their eggs, and whereas mm. sperm gets reproduced like a, as the man. So if they're living, doing a, t- a trial testing on something, it could actually forever. yeah, it could, it could be forever. Mm-hmm. So like I get that th- that philosophy sh- for sure. What it doesn't take an account t- uh, take into account is that they they don't talk about asking women if they even want to have kids. Mm. They don't talk about like the fact that you know there's risks for everybody when they go through trials mm-hmm. so what what is this like obsession with protecting protecting the woman we have to protect this woman <laughs> who can't take care of herself <clears throat> and they were saying that like this one article i was reading was saying that this notion that we're protecting the women these poor mm. innocent victim type women in the medical p- p- world and we're all benevolent doing that well that totally negates the fact that in historically they've done lots of horrifying studies on women and in times where there was a lot less like restrictions on like what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do in the medical profession they would like take some poor women off the street and like cut her open and just see what was going on in there and they didn't give a fuck Mm -hmm. about women so Mm -hmm. this is not about 
protecting women. This is about, you know, just women not being interesting enough to the male right. doctors out there to study. Mm. They don't care mm. what, you know, and the other thing that's infuriating is, yes, I mean, women have different cycles and hormonal, you know, the hormones go up and down throughout our cycle. And a lot of companies, they say it's way too complicated to study this because like, oh, women's bodies are too complicated. It's too expensive to like put money into that. So they'd rather save a little bit of money than actually put the effort into saving women's lives. They do not care if their drug kills somebody because it costs them a little bit extra to do extra trials. Mm. And that also assumes that men's hormones don't go up and down and they do. Right. So why is it a woman's body is too complicated, but a man's will put up with whatever right. we have to do to make sure a man's okay? Well, here's something. Would you think that scientists then would test, if they're not going to test on a man and and a woman, would they do uh, a female mouse or a male mouse? Yeah, this is Wouldn't so you weird assume? too. Wouldn't you assume that they would then just do... Yeah, but they don't or they didn't. I think they are trying to change now, but they used to only test on male mice because then they would get the results that they needed right. to proceed with, with the, the male with the drugs. They yeah. knew they were going to be doing and they wouldn't do it with women with with, with women mice with female <laughs> mice <laughs> with with uh, mini ma- <laughs> with mini mouse they wouldn't test her um, because of her horm- hormones and they don't understand the hormones and it's and it's like you said it's too complicated well and it's like if they if 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 it were reversed and the men had the more complicated hormones, there'd be no doubt about the fact that we would just be studying it. Right. But instead of saying like, oh, they're more complicated, let's figure out why, they just go like, eh, it's too much work. It's too much work. It's too hard. Yeah. But even, it blew my mind that even with mice. Right. Like, I mean, hey, I'm not here. I'm not here to like be tested on tons of animals and stuff. But when you do have a new drug, you do you start. Have to go you through. start testing yeah. on animals first, right. which is good. You don't want to just start no, testing on women. <laughs> but the fact that they would do it on only male mice just but, blows right. my mind. But again, you make. But the, I think that the key there is that if they were to test on female mice, they'd realize that the bodies are different, right. and right. then they would. And it's just too and it, hard. And it's, it's too, too, it's too expensive hard. And hard. It's too, yeah. I mean, it is so okay. Okay, so if you're not already furious, if you're not a, 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 out there, hopefully, men and women are furious at this. But especially if you're a woman, especially uh-huh. if you're a woman that's going through some medical problem right now and you've been struggling with the medical commu- community about this, you should be f- just enraged right now, right? Because I'm enraged. Not that because I'm enraged, you should be enraged. But I'm just saying, being <laughs> Katie's I mad. Or I'm, I'm mad. More furious. <laughs> Here's the then: if that isn't enough, if that's not fucking enough. Within the medical community, there is a bias against women Mm. with the notion that women are hysterical and that they're crazy and that they don't know what they're talking about. So when they come in with a symptom like my stomach is kind of hurting, I think I might be having a heart attack, they're gaslit like crazy mm-hmm. sent back home and then they die of a heart attack at home or they come back and they can't keep getting misdiagnosed and too emotional and they're, and they're just, it's so, just anxiety it's just you're so difficult you're, you're being too difficult. So difficult here just take this go home and die okay yeah. you're a difficult right. patient yeah so, and and uh, i mean <laughs> that's yeah so you can't win that's the bottom line is like from every angle on this, you can't win. So you can say like, look, they're not taking care of me during the trial. So I can like really stand up and say, hey, I really think that this is what's happening. I know my body. I'm inside of my body. I'm experiencing these things. And you think like, let me explain to you and that they would listen. But no, no, they they're so quick to write women off mm-hmm. as being overly emotional and et cetera. Endometriosis is one of those things that is that is driving women insane when Mm -hmm. they go to doctors they're being misdiagnosed it takes like seven years on average for a woman with endometriosis to be 
diagnosed properly. And explain that, what that is. Because I yeah. honestly learned this three years ago when a friend of mine was going through this exact well, same thing. Why don't you say? Well, so then it's when you shed the uterine lining, it's like a thicker type mucus or something. And that it causes so much pain so I mean I had a friend who passed out on the sidewalk because it was so unbearable and then when she went to the doctor she was gaslit of like you're it's you're having a panic attack and she's like I'm not having a panic attack my my fucking pelvis is like falling out of my body yeah yeah but that is what that is, right? I mean, I, mean, and I don't know much about experience. Parents, yeah, because yeah, I don't know the, the specific, like what specifically it is. But I know that you experience pain during sex. And um, it's something, your periods are way heavier. Your cramps are um, almost unbearable. You can be, your legs are, you know, hard to move. And it's, I don't know. I think that um, if you have to th- find a good doctor that will listen to you. I mean, the same thing. I mean, my sister doesn't really listen to my podcast, but um, my older sister, she was experiencing so much pain in her pelvic area and she was going to so many different doctors and nobody was listening. And then finally someone did one of those, like they put the... Like a um, an ultrasound the wand, yeah, like an ultrasound wand. That <laughs> yeah, and they sound. all of a sudden saw tons of cysts, and it's like, why have you been experiencing this for you know three years and no doctor has ever suggested this? And then she actually, because of her, how severe it was, she had to have a hysterectomy, right? Um, and now she's doing great, yeah. But I <laughs> and mean, she didn't want to have children, so that right, that's so a great, good, that's yeah, great. And now she doesn't have her period, so she doesn't have to deal with it. But it took three years of just like constantly telling and explaining to doctors what she was experiencing and then you know and and fighting like I was you know you kind of have to fight for yourself for sure or because I mean sometimes but, and how, but how ridiculous I mean how I ridiculous right. like sure good advice is to stick, make sure you keep advocating for yourself and find a different doctor if your doctor's not helping you out find another fucking doctor mm-hmm. um, but you might go through a lot of doctors because this is a really prevalent problem mm-hmm. amongst doctors female doctors and male doctors mm-hmm. this isn't just like a male doctor thing this is a medical community problem mm-hmm. a lot of the textbooks that they use again they only study male anatomy they only study you know they all these trials have been happening since let's say the 1950s they it's only up until recently that they've even started enforcing the fact that mm-hmm. women should be uh, tested as well so you know the medical everything we're basing everything on of course they think that you're crazy because they're like well i've never heard of that mm-hmm. it's not a real thing when in fact it's very much a real thing but nobody fucking wants to study it properly mm. so this made me fucking want to murder somebody who do tell um in one article <laughs> this woman was explaining about how there are these real things that are happening like endometriosis where it takes people on average seven years to get diagnosed a very very painful problem to have Mm -hmm. it takes seven years to get diagnosed and then even after you're diagnosed they don't always know what to do with you after that so that's a whole other thing um but there was uh this one male gp that she was talking to this woman that wrote the article who was he diagnosed people with fibromyalgia which is a known medical condition just you know it's about um you get a lot of pain and uh you're tired a lot and it affects your sleep you can have restless leg syndrome and I think it's it tends to be hard for people to diagnose and people get gaslit a lot when they have fibromyalgia because people just the doctors don't necessarily want to admit that there's anything actually going on there so this woman was saying that this male GP said to her uh, I've never had a fibromyalgia patient who wasn't batshit crazy so the Mm. question is is it that 
people that have fibromyalgia are crazy? Right. Oh, or yeah. is it that if you have it's fibromyalgia and nobody is diagnosing <laughs> you properly, you start to feel crazy, you know? So, but these doctors are so quick to be like, oh, women with endometriosis are, are so, they're crazy women. No, they're crazy because you have made them crazy because you're making them feel crazy because you, you, you can't tell them what's wrong with them because you don't fucking care. Uh, I did look up exactly what endometriosis is. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is, again, we should know this shit. We're women. We should know our bodies. We should know what the tissue uh, that lines the inside of our uterus that is called the endometrium. Mm-hmm. That's what that's called. Oh, right. But endometriosis is when it grows outside of your u- uterus. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so it involves it, uh, your ovaries, your fallopian tubes, fallopian tubes. I don't even know these things. Fallopian tubes. And the tissue lining the pelvis. I mean, but why don't we know this stuff? It's because... They don't do that much research on reproductive systems of women. Right. It's like, and, and the all... truth is, when they do any re- uh, research on women's bodies, it is a reproductive system, right? Only. And that's it. And they don't that's worry it. about women and heart attacks. They don't worry about women right. and dosage. What about my varicose like veins? Tell yeah. me more about those. <laughs> I mean, Are they yeah. gonna go away? <laughs> no, you gotta get surgery for that. I think. God damn it. <laughs> um. So uh, this also affects. So, <sighs> just on a side note, I want to mention that this. So we've been focusing on health care and that's what this episode's about mm-hmm. but um this uh, gender data gap also affects mm-hmm. just about everything that you experience it needs to be tested so for example they were doing one about um it was either seat belts or just car safety in general when they do tests on car accidents to see like how to make the cars safest on the inside with like an airbag and with a seatbelt and all that they only use these male shaped bodies so they tend to be when men get in car accidents, mm-hmm. they're at a much higher rate of survival and women are at a much, much, much higher rate of dying in a car accident. It's like, well, it's like 14 percent more likely to die and then like 85 percent more likely to be injured in a car accident. Right. Because women are smaller and they have different body types. So we tend to have to pull our chair closer to reach the pedals. I know I do. Uh, <laughs> and then that totally affects the way that. They, so when they're engineering safety in a car, if you're not thinking about a female body and you're only thinking about male mm-hmm. bodies in their 30s, then yeah. Then that's yeah. who you're protecting. You're not protecting everybody. Yeah. So well, I just want to mention that this is a problem beyond just right. like medicine. well, we, yeah, women suffer two to three times more than men uh, from whiplash during a car accident. Yeah, I mean, and so obviously because, it has yeah. to do with the way that they're testing those stuff. crash test dummies. Yeah, they're those dummies are men. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah men, men are dummies. Men are, men are dummies, um, <laughs> or dummies are men. Just for that. Uh, but, another, but another one too is with, and this is back to medical stuff. But women are less likely to receive CPR because people oh, yeah. are so freaked out about oh, thinking like the boobs are going to get in the way, and or you don't want to be. Yeah, well, women, are women are fragile. Women? Yeah. yeah, and that's not the case at all. A CPR could be very useful for women also, and that's a case where the body's actually more similar than you think. Right. But the we don't ever use female CPR bodies when we practice CPR mm-hmm. when you're tra- doing CPR training. I have done CPR training. Ditto. Always, I did it on a baby recently I mean, I, too. Yeah. That was weird. But Those, the training is not the real baby. No, no. Yeah. No, no. I was like, God, I hope that's never, ever, ever, ever. No, no, no. Well, can I tell you an interesting statistic that has nothing to do with healthcare, but just a fascinating concept of society and the patriarchy and how people view women? Get ready. Mm-hmm. This is going to blow your fucking mind. Did you know that hurricanes with female names... Uh, oh, yeah. tend to be deadlier yeah yeah like uh katrina 
and yeah. and but and Matthew and Irma that sort of thing because individuals underestimate the strength of the hurricane right. because of its femininity. That's so dumb. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. So if it's like if yeah like Maria, right. you're like oh that bitch ain't gonna hurt us that much, What's, and so people don't rush and like so try dumb. to protect themselves. But if it's named Mark Hank or something, yeah, yeah. You, people are rushing. It's that's that. Uh, I was watching a TED talk of a doctor like explaining, you know, the gender gap and and healthcare and stuff, and just that pure example of how women are viewed as fragile and and just not as strong as men. And so you and just just not taken seriously. Just not taken seriously. I think yeah. aside from the fragility part, it's that you don't. If a woman complains, it's not taken mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. If a woman says, "Hey, watch out for that," it's not taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So that's like it's it's detrimental for everybody. It's mm-hmm. not just women that get impacted by that. Clearly, in the hurricane example is good mm-hmm. for that case too. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk about how like it, it it's so the story that popped up a couple of years ago that like blew my mind about how prevalent this is and how insidious this is as a problem about not taking women seriously in in doctors offices how doctors don't take women seriously is the story of Serena Williams and how she mm. almost died mm-hmm. during childbirth mm. cuz she had some sort of um the high blood pressure yeah. and mm-hmm. she already had high blood pressure she knew that about herself so she was like warning her doctors like look you know I'm I, I just need you to know that this is a thing that I struggle with anyway. I I think it could be a problem during like pregnancy and during the birth and all that. And as she's going through the childbirth, she's not feeling well. Things are not going right. And she's trying to get a doctor's attention and nobody will fucking come over and take her seriously. And on top of it, black women are also much more likely to be not taken seriously mm-hmm. by doctors. So not only is she a woman in this case, but she's also a black woman. And that's like a whole, another level of difficulty that they have. And to, to think one of the most famous mm-hmm. women in the world couldn't get proper health care, proper health care. It's that's how serious this is. So if you if she's not safe, mm-hmm. Then certainly none of us are. And I think that comes back to then what do we do? Please, please advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Be annoying. Be a mm-hmm. difficult woman. Fuck well, they were everybody. saying like if if you're prescribed a new drug and they always ask, like, do you have questions? When you pick up your drug at the drugstore, they always say, do you have questions? And you even have to sign something. Right. So true. you can say, especially I think as, as a person of color, if you uh, have any questions, ask like specific questions of who was this drug tested on? Yeah. Was it tested on only white men? Right. Or w- w- was there any type of diversity? What's the percentage of What's people? What's the age? What's you the, know, age? the ages? But I mean, not only just people of color to ask, no, but everybody, but everybody should, should be this. asking these yeah. questions. And it is your right. And they they should have this information. And of course, they probably won't. But then you push, push them on it. And, they, you know, and then there's a phone your... number you can call or something or yeah. you can write a postcard. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they were also saying that, that we have a lot more control over these things than we think we do. And this is like the way that the economy works general just period and i really keep pushing this notion too is that we we control these decisions based on our the way we spend our money mm-hmm. so if there's if you're not confident in some industry that you know in the in some drug company that's not doing a good job of making it clear like who they're testing on or or not um not testing on every demographic because it's too expensive for them or whatever then stop buying those drugs mm. you just stop buying those i mean of course because a lot of times there'll be more than one option, you know, for those kinds of medications. Mm. You know what there should be another option for? Birth control for men. Yeah. So ang- that that's the thing that gets me all fucking heated. They did just, I don't know if you saw this, like yesterday. What? 
what um or like a couple like a week ago uh-huh. they an article came out that they're finally moving forward with or they're very but it's very, gonna very take close. three years i mean at the trial yeah but there's one but, that just like in india or something they're starting to do like real tests on something that actually has real um promise oh it's wonderful like a, it's like a a shot um i didn't i don't yeah. know much about it just but right I know- in the urethra just put it right <laughs> <God>. in there <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just God. kidding boys men i love you oh, i just Jesus. i just i really want to sleep with the man on birth control yeah. it's about time well and, and so i what we were leading to i think is that <laughs> that previously they had done tests yeah. on well they men. had done just a, a couple of tests and then the men were like mm, i'm depressed I, I can't do this and then they stopped the trial right. <laughs> so and in the meantime that's another thing actually that's a problem is that when there are medicines that women do use that are specifically for women, like for example, birth control, when there, there's so many side effects to these things, and then and everybody just kind of stops worrying about it. They're like, yeah, mm. but it kind of works, right? I mean, mm. you, we didn't have babies. You, you have you get really depressed. You don't. You gain a lot of weight. You lose. You want to your kill sex, yourself. You want to kill Great. yourself. You lose all your sexual desire on this medication. Yeah, but at least he he won't be a baby daddy. <laughs> So don't worry about it, you know, and then, oh, he is now going to take a pill or whatever. And it makes him a little bit tired. We have to stop. Stop the trial. Stop the stop the trial. Oh, my God. He's the baby sleepy. Oh, my God. Stop the trial. I can't. I can't with it. It's funny. So I don't know if I've talked about this or not, but like I'm not on any hormonal birth control uh, and I haven't been for a while because when I was on something, I was just doing pills for a while and um and you know first of all hallelujah for birth control period so thank you yes it it gives us i had a wonderful 20s because (laughs) (laughs) thank you um but i was someone that was whatever one i was on specifically at the time i was really having bad reactions to it i just wasn't i was kind of getting more and more depressed and i wasn't feeling good on it so i ended up getting off it i haven't been on it for a really long time Mm -hmm. and i found and i also haven't really been seeing anyone super long term for a while so it's been fine um but uh (laughs) and i use other methods of birth control just so you know i'm not i'm not a raw dogger unless i know you really well and we and i'm on actual hormonal birth control and everything's cool and we're all good so just you know a consent form it's all good yeah we signed a consent form you gotta use a fucking condom or i will kick you in the nuts um (laughs) but anyway and it's also not to say that I wouldn't go back on or try to go back on with the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I feel like I'm just like, if my future husband's out there, don't worry. <laughs> we'll figure it <laughs> I'll out. I'll figure out. But the point is, I was talking to my mom about it and she was like, why would you not be on hormonal birth control? Our generation fought for your right to have mm. hormonal birth control. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and thank you. Like, yes, it is an important thing to have. But what your generation then didn't fully finish mm-hmm. is the fact that some of these birth control methods are hurting women. Mm. And you never stopped to ask at a certain point. You didn't continue the question, the, the conversation, which was, how does this affect our bodies? Mm-hmm. And they were saying that generally hor- uh, hormonal birth control d- decreases a woman's quality of life, period, just across the board. Mm-hmm. And nobody seems to be doing anything about that. Right. And trying to find alternatives. Now, that being said, we do have like the ne- the next one I'm going to try is the ring because I've heard good, better things about that. It's less hormones and everything like that. I think it's but, a um, fun ring toss game, too. It's like, yeah, just anal ring toss. Yeah, just, I love it. You can transition real quick into the game. Well, I, too, I too am not on any hormonal birth control because my blood pressure was going <sighs> up and up and up. And so my doctor made me get the heart thing. What is the yeah. thing? I don't. I had to like test my blood pressure every day and it just was not going down. So, so she scary. was like, let's get off the birth control. And I did and immediately it went down. So it's so like, scary. So I can't go on it. And I, and I, you know, I, the person I'm seeing now, 
you know, we're very careful and we do, you know, our thing. But um, I immediately when we started dating, I told him I am not on birth control because it will kill me. Right. It's not it's not because like, you know, I mean, a child would kill me, too, but um, (laughs) (laughs) different way, different way. But I mean, it's a serious issue. And there why isn't there other options? I just I don't know. It makes me so angry that there's not more for men. Um, um, yeah. so a question I wanted to ask, and I guess this is leads into it and maybe that would be your answer. Maybe you have another answer, mm-hmm. but have you experienced anything within the medical community or in your doctor's office experiences where you felt like you weren't being listened to or something was you were discriminated against because you were a woman or something was off because you were a woman? I mean, yeah. that's one just yeah. not even that their doctors were bad, but just the medicine itself was yeah. like not working for you. Well, you know, I, not really anything recently when I was younger when I was 20 years old here I'm gonna get real personal um I had HPV when I was 20 and I because of my health insurance in college I was going to school in North Carolina and I had to go to Tennessee to see a doctor it was something I could go to the student clinic but then in order to like take care of the HPV or the cancer cells that were developed I mean it was like this whole big rigmarole and I was also 20 years old and I did not understand what was going on Um, But because of my insurance, I had to go across the border to go to this like random hospital to talk to these random doctors that I'd never met before about HPV, which is actually like, I mean, it's It's really common. It's very common, but not I mean, I feel like then I was feeling very ashamed Mm. because it was sexually transmitted and um, I'd only been with one fucking person Mm. and nobody would give me any kind of answers. I felt crazy Mm -hmm. asking these questions Mm -hmm. of like because all I heard was HPV which is sexually transmitted disease um, and that you have cancerous cells in your cervix great so and then again nobody would answer any of my questions Um, I then had to have surgery they put me under laser lasered that shit out Um, thankfully it's never come back I don't have HPV I know that it can go away thankfully it did for me but also I bet 50% of our listeners have it right now Um, but later on visiting a gynecologist maybe about seven years ago because every time they asked like have you ever had surgery and that is actually the only kind of surgery I've ever had was a laser going at my hoo-ha thank you so much every gynecologist I see who asks me about surgery and I tell them what happened they go excuse me wait a minute what did they do to you and I tell them that I had some cancerous cells and they lasered it off my cervix this has happened to me three times now these doctors cannot believe that that's what they did. Mm. They were like, that is not, that's not how you treat. That's not, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like my gut instinct back when I was 20 years old was like, wait a minute, what's happening? I don't quite understand. Is this the only option? Because like really truly, is this the only option? I mean, I didn't have my parents with me. It was just me and my fucking drunk boyfriend (laughs) crossing (laughs) the border. But I mean, you know, it's, I just wish that I had been confident enough to ask the right questions I wish I had the tools to know what to ask um and and just also like it's a it was a it was a serious surgery you know like they put me under and and then now doctors are just so dumbfounded at the fact that that's that's how they handled it yeah well I had sort of that's isn't that crazy yeah that's it, it, but not surprising, especially after what we. I just wonder eating. if they like lasered something cool in there, though. You know, it's like, like Jim was here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I 
actually i do i remember around probably around probably the same time one of my roommates in college she was diagnosed with hpv and they lasered it off of her too really so I don't know if it was just like a time, moment in time where they were doing that but yeah like, but that is but it's it was terrifying. before the shot just to date me a little bit it was before the hpv shot that's so. also but it's also terrifying to have do- many doctors later be like that's not okay because then crazy. you're like okay i wasn't at least you know you weren't crazy for feeling crazy. yeah um so <laughs> i had a, a situation that happened to me just last year mm. where it's not exactly the same but it was it definitely felt fucked up mm. and i have been still struggling to figure out what i can if there's an, if anything i can do about it and I oh, feel like really? maybe there, I should do something about it but I so I had um a polyp on my cervix which uh is sounds terrifying but it was actually quite common I guess mm-hmm. and under certain circumstances they can just take it out right during your exam but mine was going like into my cervix and she's like and sometimes it can be there can be a lot of bleeding and if there's bleeding all of a sudden here I can't stop it and you're gonna oh, die gosh. so oh, she's no. like so you have to also go through actual surgery mm-hmm. and we're gonna have to put you under and it I was so nervous I was so fucking nervous to get put under it just scared the living daylights out of me so, I loved it it reminded me of doing lots of drugs <laughs> yeah well yeah. It just, but do you were you like asleep knocked out or were you like half awake oh no I was out you're out yeah so oh, I yeah. was knocked Wait. out once uh for my for my mole or my wisdom <laughs> teeth, mole. my mole, no, my my wisdom teeth, they uh-huh. pulled them out, and I remember just not liking the feeling. Like you kind of just they like count backwards, and you kind of were like ten, nine, like out. <laughs> and then I was nervous for that when I woke up. I was crying. I literally woke oh, up no. crying because you wake up kind of in the same state that you went under in. I think that they say mm. so. um I just had bad memories of that. So I was nervous about being put under anyway. Mm-hmm. So the day of the day of the of the operation, y'all, and I like get there. And when you get put under, you have like a meeting with the anesthesiologist. And this guy was this sort of like Russian dude is kind of like. Uh, and by the way, this was in a, um, a woman's clinic and I don't have very good insurance. So uh, it was not a fancy clinic by any means. <laughs> and it's very, very full mm-hmm. and mostly underserved women are filling the place um and a lot of people of color because our country's really fucked up and statistically the people that have less money tend to be people of color so i think that is important for this story um so i go in and then this russian guy comes in he's very cold to me and i'm i told him like i'm just nervous so i just have some questions like is it you know do you do this and i was like how's it gonna work and he's like oh we put the thing in we turn it on then you go out you knock out you sleep you wake up you find you whatever and i was like okay so then as i'm in they put me into this room the minute i get in there they put me in the stirrups like immediately oh so i am like out with my ass facing the door by the way so my my vagina is out with the open door people are walking around and my legs are in stirrups for like a long fucking time like i'm i'm being treated like an animal easily uh and then they put in uh uh the needle in my arm Mm -hmm. to kind of like prepare me to put the tube in or whatever so they have this needle in my arm and it's so painful and they have my arm in this really uncomfortable position where I'm like this can't be right like this can't be the way it's supposed to be because my arm's starting to go numb I'm starting to kind of like panic a little because I'm like I can't move my arm or if I move it then the needle like hurts more so like I'm just in this contorted position nobody seems to give a fuck uh Mm -hmm. then he finally puts the tube in and and this seemed shady too he puts the tube in to like where the anesthesia is going to come in and then he just kinks the tube 
And the way this is supposed to work is that they give you like a sedative. They're supposed to give you a sedative first to kind of like calm you. And then they they slowly drip the mm-hmm. uh, the anesthesia into your body. And then you do the, the counting and stuff, right? So that's what we <laughs> know of. It's like the 10, right. 9, 8. This guy, after 20 or minutes or more of me laying there being like, what's happening? What's happening? And nobody's answering my questions. My doctor is being kind of nice, but she's busy trying to get things going. This guy's a dick. I'm trying to talk to him like, hi, you know, can you tell me? And he's not answering me. He's being really like psychotically terrifying. Finally, she's like, "Okay, we're ready. And he's like, "Okay," And he lets go (gasps) of the kink in the anesthesia. And I it shoots into it's not supposed to do this. It shoots into my body. I can taste it from the ah. inside of my mouth. It has this weird taste and it's I can feel it moving up my arm. And the, my last words were, I don't feel good. And then I'm like, out. And then I woke up and like, you know, the nurses were nice and everything. But like this guy just, tra- I mean, traumatized me. And then as I'm recovering and I'm not, you know, just it's like awful to come out of like anesthesia. I'm just seeing one woman after the next being wheeled out for various like surgeries. A lot of them were abortions that Mm -hmm. they were getting and a lot of like those kinds of procedures and procedures like mine. And all I could think was these women are not being taken care of properly. Mm. Every single one in this clinic is not being taken care of properly. It was so upsetting. And it just I felt like an animal. I felt like these women are treated like animals. We're all being treated like animals in this scenario. And like that particular doctor. So I was lucky enough, not lucky enough. <laughs> I had another procedure later with a different doctor um, a couple months, like months later. And I had to be put under again. And I was like, God fucking damn it I don't want to do this and I was at a much nicer hospital and I was actually spending more money on the procedure because I you know it was like fuck these guys or whatever and um that I taught I was you sit down with the anesthesiologist and I was like almost crying I was like I'm so scared and I was like I have to just I was like I have to tell him what happened to me because like I'm so afraid it's going to happen again Mm. and when I explained to him how they did the procedure he was like he turned like white he was like that's not how you're supposed to do that he's like you're it's not supposed to be like that that's mm. horrifying. He's like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, and I swear to God, it's like this guy is working in this clinic. They probably can't afford to hire anybody else. He's probably some sort of sadist. He, I felt like he hated women. And all he mm. deals with it, these women, was women all day. And so just like those kinds of problems that we have too, just within the medical community. Oh God, um, that's so sad. So upsetting. That's and that's terrible. me. That's and you me, feel- this like white girl. This right. like very privileged white right. girl. And I'm being treated like that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to tap into this one story that happened. Um, I don't know if you saw me mention yes, it. Did, I did you take a look at the yes. article? I hadn't. I did not know this story. And this is very common. This is not like a one-time <sighs> thing. But there was a recently. It wasn't even so recent that it happened. But finally, this guy got like prosecuted. Uh, this woman, uh, Aja Newman, was. I think she was 22 at the time. She went in for shoulder pain mm-hmm. to the hospital. It got her shoulder pain got so bad. She was 22 years here old here in New York. She's an African American woman mm-hmm. here in New York at Mount Sinai. I will call out that fucking hospital. It's Mount Sinai. Uh, it is a good hospital, though. Mm, I mean, it is. There's some I've, other. I have other people that I have very bad experience. One of my there, best friends so. works there, and he is a cancer. He I'm sure he's a wonderful he's, doctor. Yeah, I'm not saying that all good. the doctors are bad, but I'm just saying that, <laughs> yes, like, this there, we have problems in. Yes, and there was problems specifically with Mount Sinai in this story too. Yes, but so her, uh, she had shoulder pain, 
she comes in. They give her a little bit of morphine to help with the pain. She's waiting to see the doctor and all that. And I don't, you know, just normal stuff. And um, he comes in to see her and he says, oh, we're going to give you more medication. And she's like, I really don't want more morphine. Medication. Yeah, morphine. More morphine. He's giving him morphine. And she was like, I really don't need that. She's like, I'm feeling better. I really don't want more. And he's like, no, no, we're just going to give it to you. And he like forces her. And she's, I think she's 22 at the time, forces her to take more morphine. She gets like, she passes out, mm-hmm. but she's like half in, half out. So she can like, she can't really move her body. Oh. She can't really like whatever, but she can kind of is cognizant of some stuff that's happening. Next thing you know, he uh, starts fondling her breasts. Mm-hmm. And she remembers all David this. Newman. David Newman. Name. Doctor. doctor David it's Newman. Not, not, no longer a doctor, but yes. Thank God. Um, she, But then he, he fondles her breasts. He turns around. He's being weird. And then he turns back around and then he comes on her face. She's aware of all this, but she can't fucking move her body. He he wipes it off and then he leaves. And she's just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. She waits until like the morphine wears off and then drags herself out of the hospital, like mm-hmm. just desperately trying to leave. T- tells her sister what happened. Her sister like comes and gets her. Cannot believe it's like really happening. Then she reports him and the, and he's like, oh, she's misremembering. That's not true. Like, oh, that didn't happen. Like, no, no. And of yeah, I jerked off awesome. earlier. I must have had the sperm still on yeah, my hands, and that's yeah. why there's, there's yeah, that's why there's semen on her body that right. was tested, and like his semen was on her body, and so it took. And then the hospital, of course, is defending him, and like not really whatever. So for, it took like three 20, years. Or it took, I thought she's like thirty three now. I don't know. Oh, it took a long time. It took too long. Took to, it went to the Supreme Court, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. no, it, it. But and finally, we were very lucky that they found him to be guilty. And I think it turned out too that they found evidence that he had been doing this to, to so many other women, so many other women. And he preyed on women of color and women that were at a disadvantage, you know, in a disadvantaged position. That he, I guess, he felt like they couldn't do anything about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's just one doctor. And you know that we hear these stories all the time that come up in the news right. and like dentists that like take advantage of ladies as they're going under and things like that and like that scares the fucking shit out of me right and especially oh. when, and when you have an anesthesiologist like that right you're like that guy would because here's the thing him. you're supposed to trust your doctor you have to trust you have your to, doctor yeah because you don't know you're trusting them with your life right and well, i told you recently kind of this has i told this is just real quick uh i told you that i got an email y'all saying i had type 2 diabetes <sighs> all day long for t- over 24 hours because I couldn't get in-, in touch with my doctor. And this is a new doctor. 24 hours later, I got a phone call back from my doctor. Oh, who was, who was a woman <laughs> uh, saying, oh, shoot, human error. No, you don't. You're fine. Somebody just accidentally clicked that on the computer. But then they But I was like to crying all day. <laughs> so I couldn't bad. have candy anymore. It's like I was at work and my friends were like <laughs> dangling candy you in front of me. Friends. I know it's they're mean. so awful. And the guy I'm seeing said, damn it, I really wanted to fuck a di- person with diabetes. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 a mess. But you know what? I do really, truly believe we're on the up and up for sure. And I think even the fact that we're more aware of this now and that mm-hmm. we're talking about it on this and that we're letting you guys know if you didn't know. Right. And the main thing and it's advocacy to you advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. That'll actually make a really big difference because mm-hmm. the more women that actually do act quote unquote difficult mm-hmm. um, and speak up for themselves and actually say like no no I need to be taken ca- right. seriously here um, and that find the doctors that can't that do take women seriously mm-hmm. then we get rid of the bad doctors we get more good doctors and then we and there are really great doctors out there doctors. wonderful wonderful my, doctors out and there. My, my doctor that did that first surgery she's lovely it wasn't so mm-hmm. much her it's more just the institution right 
and as we go you know as we grow um they were saying that there are more leadership uh roles and higher up positions for women and and they are starting to get those jobs as well and that's great too because so. they can advocate for all of us so. yeah anyway this Woo. was kind of, this time yeah have to cool down after this episode. yeah Anyway, I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yes. We're so thankful for you guys. We're thankful Seriously. for you. We're thankful for being alive. We're thankful for starlings and their formations. Uh, I'm I thankful for my hoo-ha. Oh, yeah. I love it all. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, we're just really thankful for you guys to be, um, you know, tuning in each week, listening to us. If you want more of us, you can find us on Spotify. Listen to our music yeah um or oh and we're going to be in charleston south carolina um in january for the charleston comedy festival check it out on our website reformtours.com great come to a show we'll see you guys later totally do bye you want a piece of my hoo-ha